famous scenes with drama queens and heroes acted out there on the silver screen come grab a seat the popcorn is on me Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Noah T. Manning II here. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're loving life and that life is loving you back. That's, that's all we wish for right here on Meet Me in the Movies. Isn't that right, Thomas Manning? That's, that's all you really need. <laughs> that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. And, and I got to say, man, congratulations to Hollywood. You are now an official college graduate. It's yeah. pretty amazing. You, you survived. Not, not just a college graduate, but the. What, what, oh, all oh. the outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding graduate, male graduate Some, award. Something like that. That was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the faculty voted on that, and I, I don't I think they thought you were me. Probably so, I yeah. I think that's yeah. what it was all about, yeah. is they thought you you were me. I'm already getting phone calls from, like, telemarketers <laughs> asking, you know, are, are you Noel Manning? And it's like, technically, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm the Noel Manning you're looking for, though. So, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> this, these, are not the, these are not the droids you're looking yeah. for. This is not the Noel Manning you're looking for. Well, congratulations. Uh, well, well deserved. And when you walked across the stage, I think there were a couple of Hollywoods, people cheering. Yeah, Hollywood. Maybe, maybe. So, uh, yeah. One of those might have been my father, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, and you also had an athlete that was out there cheering for you as well. So congratulations. My, my grandmother, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> your mom, yeah. So congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Tillman, uh, who was back there on Mission Control, uh, he remembers quite well when I graduated because he ran a little clip of that too, and I just remember how cool that was seeing me walk across the stage. Uh, when uh, when when that happened, so here we are, kind of uh, passing it forward. Yeah. So uh, congratulations, man! Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, Greg was actually one of your college professors. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he was in a way. I mean, he you know, he taught me uh, a lot about about uh, TV broadcast and and how to be an idiot. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I learned so. a lot from from Mr. Tillman along the way. But yeah, I, mean, I learned a lot from him. He was Dean Emeritus when you were a student. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. right. He, he still is, man. He still is. He's Dean Emeritus. Greg Emeritus. Well, let's talk movies. Last week, we, uh, we got a chance to uh, see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and we got a lot of our film critic friends to give their thoughts. But we did not give our thoughts on that, so uh, I thought this would be a good time to, to do that and let our audience know a little bit about what our thoughts were relating to Doctor Strange 2, it's not Doctor Strange 2, but Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So, so give, me, give me some feedback, some thoughts, some uh, chime in, man. Yeah, so last week we thought we'd take a back seat in our own show and, you know, give it to some, <laughs> other, some other North Carolina's finest yes, film critics. Yes, and, uh, I'm glad we did that. I am too. But, but now, now, it's, now it's our time to come in and give our thoughts. Uh, so Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, this is a follow-up to... The 2016 film Doctor Strange and all of the MCU films that have come between them, yes. which is quite a few. There's a yes. lot that's happened, uh, and with including the, the most recent, the, the Spider-Man No Way Home. That is correct. Yes, Spider-Man No Way Home is directly referenced in this film. So at this point, in the MCU, um, you're you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. You pretty yes. much have to keep up with all of it. You do. Yeah. This is this is one that if you haven't seen, pre you can't just go into this yeah. movie. And expect to get it. That's right. Because there's a lot of references, not only to previous MCU films, but also series, including um, WandaVision. WandaVision, uh, the Inhumans is referenced yes. kind of in a way. Yeah, and I, and uh, I think even Loki 
to an extent. Yeah. I mean, there's some, some tie-ins there as well. Absolutely. But in the midst of all that, I was impressed with how character-driven this was. Uh, for the character of Stephen Strange, he's been through a lot since we were introduced to him back in uh, the 2016 film. And this movie shows us that there are certain aspects of his character that are consistent in every universe. Um, but there's also something very unique about this specific Doctor Strange in this universe that we've gotten to know over the years. Um, and I was pleased that the film wasn't just straight up fan service and right. cameos and Easter eggs the whole time. Of course, there is a lot of that to go around, but I wouldn't say it's to the point of being distracting. Yeah, it's, I agree. And even when those cameos are, uh, you know, woven into the narrative, it's done so in a fascinating and creative way, and they find a way to surprise you even with how they handle those, uh, those you know, cool little character moments. Yeah, I, I think what was pretty amazing was we didn't have any major leaks uh, for this until like the day before? Quite literally the day before the screening, there was a pretty big leak that came out. But other than that, it, a lot of it had been kept under wraps. Yeah, which is pretty amazing for, for a film like this. Sam Raimi uh, back in the director's chair uh, taking on uh, a superhero franchise. He, he did uh, Spider-Man uh, several years ago and uh, still pretty fascinating to see what he did with, with the Spider-Man franchise with, with Tobey Maguire. Uh, anytime you've got Sam Raimi, uh, you're going to have some twists and turns, and in this one, man, I mean, they, they, it's like they gave him the keys of the candy store and just said, eat whatever you want, and he did. Um, we, we see a film that's got elements of horror, a very dark, dark film uh, here with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You, you see references, or I guess you could say um, wonderful tribute nods to previous horror films that he's been involved in. I thought that was pretty pretty well done and it worked well within this. It didn't just feel like you said fan service. It, it actually fit within the narrative uh, of this. And also, uh, he's got a cameo of a, of a good friend that shows up in every one of his films. Uh, especially the Spider-Man films. Tell me about, about yeah. that cameo. Yeah, I mean, we're not spoiling anything by saying Bruce Campbell makes a cameo. Uh, anybody could have predicted that going in, but, <laughs> but it, is, it is just so much fun. And I will say stick around for the post-credits as well because Bruce Campbell's uh, character that we were first introduced to you know, in the first act of the film, he makes a comeback for the post-credits, and it's, it's just so much fun. Yeah, and I think Douglas Davidson was probably his favorite post-credit scene I, of all time. I think so, yeah. two post-credit scenes. Yeah. So there's a mid-credit and then an end-credit scene as well as well. Which we've come to expect. Um, you know, you and I have got a chance to uh, watch the previous Spider-Man films with your mom. She'd never seen them, so we're trying to get her caught up. And in those, there are certain elements that should have been post-credit scenes if they were doing post-credit scenes. And I think the MCU has figured out how to do that and do that quite well now. That's right. That's right. And going back to the Sam Raimi factor, um, just looking at the way he uses a camera feels so real and tangible, um, which unfortunately in some MCU movies, I don't think you can say that. You can tell that it's, it's fully CGI environment they're using. But in this, it felt, a lot of it felt very practical and it's like his fingerprints as a director were completely on it and had very distinctive visual, visual direction. Uh, he loves his close-ups and the way he uses his way he uses eyes in the film yes and uh, how we can use eyes almost like a window into uh, another another part of the world another part of the universe yeah. another part of the multiverse yes um, and then there's some great crossfade montages which he's known for um, and 
it also uh, is probably the goriest MCU movie, I'll say. Um, and I know there's been a little bit of controversy, a lot of discussion about that. I, I do think it pushes the boundaries of PG-13, or at least PG-13, based on what we've right. gotten used to with the MCU. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, kids probably... I don't know. Middle middle school kids can probably handle it, yeah. but younger than that, I wouldn't say. Uh, I would say use some caution. Yeah, I agree. And, and there, because there are some there are some deaths in this, and some uh, some very brutal, uh, some alluded to, but you pretty much know what's what's happening. Uh, if, if they had taken it just a step further, I think it would have achieved like an R rating. Uh, but there are some really interesting. Uh, superheroes that that show up, maybe superheroes you've never even heard of before, that are going to show up within the multiverse. And you know what's happening is uh, the the fabric of our of our world was changed during the uh, well several times, but especially during the Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And there's still some repairs that have to be done from that, but it it's opened up some doorways. Yeah, I think all this pretty much goes back to the. You know, Infinity War and Endgame Saga, and all the aftermath of that, and then trying some of the heroes trying to put things back in place, and then realizing you know the more they tamper with stuff, the more issues it causes. Even yeah. if they're trying to fix something, it can cause even more you know tears in the multiverse. So, and this is this is one uh, movie that you do need to watch. It's it's not one that you can step away from and you know go out for a, a 20 minute bathroom break or. <laughs> Or popcorn break, you you really need to engage in it, uh, much like we talked about last week uh, with another multiverse-related film. Uh, it's you got to watch it. Yeah. You got to watch it to engage into it. Yeah, you absolutely do. Um, but I will say, um, going back to the the character study aspect of Stephen Strange, I love the relationship between him and a newcomer to the MCU, uh, America Chavez played by Sochi Gomez. Yes. Uh, it's a great almost father-daughter type yep. relationship and how he takes he takes her under his wing. And we saw in previous uh, iterations of the Doctor Strange character how he was a mentor to Spider-Man. But now after the events of Spider-Man No Way Home, he doesn't have a relationship with that Peter Parker character right. anymore. Right. So it's, it almost looks like she's coming into that role in a sense. Yeah, and, and this is as much uh, a movie about Wanda the Scarlet Witch as it is Doctor Strange. Yeah. And there's a, a, an internal battle going on with her as well, and it relates to uh, her desire for family. And you, you know, you're talking about that parallel of Strange and America, the, almost that father-daughter. You, you, you see that same parallel for that, um, that search for family and the search for, for something that's normal with Wanda that she's chasing uh, across multiple uh, universes. Uh, it's it's a film that's got spot on editing. Love the camera work. Danny Elfman's score, absolutely magnificent. Uh, I love Sam Raimi's zooms. He does some really interesting things with zooms that, if you've seen his work, you know what he does there. Uh, it I like this so much better than the first Doctor Strange, uh, and and maybe because you know we have had a chance to see to see this character develop uh, over the course of several films. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm sitting at about a B-plus for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, planning to go back and check it out in IMAX. Uh, the screen we saw was a really good screen, but it wasn't quite that IMAX full experience, so uh, I'm interested to see how it plays in that format. Awesome. Uh, I'm giving it a solid B rating, uh, and um, I encourage you to check it out uh, if you've seen some of the others, and if you feel that it's age-appropriate for you. Uh, or for your family. Uh, we're going to take a quick intermission right here on Meet Me in the Movies. We're going to come back with a lot more to talk about 
uh, including uh, ambulance. And we've got a take five where we're going to be uh, looking forward to maybe uh, some of the summer films that we may want to check out. Hang around. Find your voice at the Cleveland Community College Summer Broadcasting Camp. Do you have something to say on air? Learn the skills to produce your own podcast. Own your vision and produce your own YouTube channel. Discover the magic of Chroma Key and be a part of producing and directing a C-19 TV show. Keep your focus at the Cleveland Community College Summer Broadcasting Camp, June 27th through 30th. Call Continuing Education at 704-669-4015. At CCC, we're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? Competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's Apprentice Barber Exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and... Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, along with Thomas Manning right over here beside me uh, to, my, to my right and uh, to your left if you're on the other side of the set, and uh, Greg Tillman uh, back there on Mission Control making sure everything is uh, going smoothly. Uh, Tim Foster, uh, we're not sure where he is. Hey, look, that's, a, that's, oh, that's the better half. That is the, be the best half of Mr. Tillman, and I, I just got a text. And, and the text says, absolutely, I agree, 122%. That's from John Rudisel saying that, that, yeah, that is your best half right over there. Uh, but Greg Tillman and, 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 uh, and the better half, we appreciate you. Carol, is that Carol? Is that Carol, right? Yeah, it's Carol, yes, okay. Just to make sure. Oh, well, I didn't know because you've got, you've got like, yeah, okay. I want to make sure it was Carol. Just stop talking. <laughs> so, me, me, the movies. We're going to talk movies uh, right here in the second half of the show. And, uh, you know, Tim Foster uh, is not here, but Tim Foster has been known to be an extra in films. Did you know that? Yeah, uh, does he perhaps cadaver? Yes, he, he likes yeah. to play cadavers. If you've ever watched, like, you know, CSI or, you know, NCIS, whenever they've bones, got a dead body, yeah. your bones, you know, Tim is, like, perfect for playing dead bodies. There's a movie called Ambulance that you're going to talk about that relates to bodies, whether they're dead or not, I don't know. But, but let's get your thoughts on this movie that you can watch 
on demand now. That is correct. This is Ambulance, directed by Michael Bay, uh, Greg Tillman's favorite filmmaker of all time. <laughs> and uh, I think he will definitely attest to that. And, and Zack Snyder, is he producing this? For, uh, for Zack Snyder didn't produce this, <laughs> but I know Greg would have loved it even more if he had. So I think all of Michael Bay's films, they push to the brink of adrenaline overload. Um, but I think this one probably takes it even a step further. And by the time his next film rolls around, he's going to try to top this. But for now, I think he's going to have a hard time. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're going to have a hard time finding a film this summer that'll you know make your heart race faster than this. So it starts out as a heist film, and the heist itself is very frenzied, very explosive, because it's a Michael Bay film after all. Um, but after the first half hour of the film, it turns into basically a 90-minute car chase. Um, and what separates this from most car chases is that the bad guys are in an ambulance. And they have two hostages. They have a wounded cop and also a paramedic, and they're leading the entire LAPD on a chase across Los Angeles. So that kind of sets the stage here for you. Right, and, and that happens pretty much any time that Thomas wants to go to the Shelby Cafe or even in Bowling Springs if he wants to get like to the quick snack or the, the snack shop. You ought to see the chases going on in Boiling Springs. It's bizarre, absolutely bizarre. That, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> so the two bad guys here, you have Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Danny Sharp, and he's an unhinged career criminal. He is following in his father's footsteps, who was probably even crazier than he was. <laughs> he also has his adoptive brother, Will, who's played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who's one of my favorite actors working today and is always phenomenal wherever he goes. Yeah, just in, in the name itself, Yahya. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's like one of the coolest names next to Noel. It, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's close. It's, it's really neck and neck there. So, but, you know, the character of Will, um, he, he's taking a more honorable path than his brother, and he's a military veteran. He's struggling to pay for his wife's medical expenses. Um, so this unfortunately leads him to get caught up in his brother's business. And uh, then you have the paramedic hostage that I mentioned is played by Isaac Gonzalez. And her character's interactions with Will, um, you know, Yahya Abdul-Mateen's character, that's really the emotional core of this film, as you have. Um, you know, I think last week we talked about The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, right. which was a story about conflicting loyalties and conflicting allegiances. This film explores something similar, and I think thematically they tie together in a really interesting way. Yep, and uh, I, I think that uh, films like this, uh, I, I think this time of year is kind of a perfect time for films like this. If you want to get engaged, I mean, I think about all the summer blockbusters of the past. Now, this is not going to be a blockbuster. I mean, it was, it's been in the theaters, and it did not do so well in the theaters, and so they pretty much, not too far down the road after they released it, said, all right, we're going we're gonna to pop it into that uh, on-demand window. What was it, like 45 days, maybe? I think, no, I think 17 days. 17 days. I think with a Universal, I believe it was Universal right. Studios production. Yeah. So. 17 days, and so uh, people now get a chance to see it. But I, why do you think this did not do well uh, at the box office? I, I just think um, on this side of the pandemic, if it doesn't have the Marvel name attached to it, it doesn't have the mm. you know superhero right. comic book connection, it's just not going to do numbers like they used to in years yeah, past. Which I, I is, think, it's really unfortunate, but I think that's just the, what we're seeing reflected. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what does happen this summer with, with some of the films that we talk about and some of the films that we, we know and, and fully expect to do well, but others that, that may just be in that window, that 17-day window where all of a sudden you wait around and uh, you'll be able to watch it on, on your home TV. Uh, so, so who should go see this film or who should watch it uh, on demand? Well, definitely Adrenaline Junkies uh, okay. and 
fans of Michael Bay's just unhinged filmmaking style, which I know he's not for everybody, but I tend to find something that I appreciate in a lot of his films, even if it's just from a perspective of, I cannot believe he actually pulled off that practical right, effect. Right. Um, there's some incredible, he, he hired like this 19 year old drone pilot for this film to do camera work with drones that you've never seen in yeah. Hollywood filmmaking before. Uh, there's, there's one shot in particular where a drone swoops in from the sky and flies under a police car that is like jumping over a barrier. And wow. it's some of these shots, uh, you've seen probably some of them in the trailers, yeah. um, but it's, it's like a 19 year old kid piloting these things. Well, you, you think about the, what this kid can do in the future if he got this kind of shot. And, and he's proven himself in, in this kind of situation, he may set himself up for the future, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and this was, I did see this on a, I didn't get a chance to see this in IMAX, but I heard from some people that in an IMAX or an Adobe theater, it was, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, so. yeah. So what's your rating for Ambulance, which is on demand now? Solid B plus for Ambulance okay. as well. Very good, solid B plus for Ambulance uh, and also B plus for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. Of madness, uh, both of those we've talked about on this show. Well, take five. It is uh, we are approaching the summer box office. Uh, it kind of already started with with Doctor Strange that that preseason to the summer big big opening weekend. Uh, I think it exceeded expectations for that opening weekend. Uh, we'll see how it continues to hold up as we move deeper uh, into into the summer uh, box office. But we thought we'd. Uh, Share some films that we're maybe interested in checking out, uh, and I'll, I'll let you let you start. All right. Well, we'll start off with uh, uh, excuse me, Top Gun Maverick. I was about to say Tom Cruise Maverick. Basically <laughs> well, the same thing. It is. Basically. I mean, the reason yeah. this movie hasn't been released when it was supposed to what two years ago is because Cruise said, "Nope, yep. we're waiting. Yep. We're waiting. We're waiting." And and. It's the time. Yep. Yeah. It's been a few years since the last time we saw Tom Cruise do some insane death-defying stunts. <laughs> That's right. I think Mission Impossible Fallout was probably the last one. I know. And, you know, it used to be every single yeah. year in the yeah. pandemic, you know, put that kind of speed bump in it. But yeah, you're right. He death-defying stunts every single time he's on screen, no matter what the movie is. Yeah. So I think you know the world is getting back to somewhat of a normal state when we all come together just to watch Tom Cruise risk his life in front of us for our <laughs> entertainment. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, this film, it's the sequel. How many years in the making? 1986 was when that Tony Scott film uh, was released, and and here we are seeing the same character back again, going back to the school that he learned from to try to teach young pilots the ways and wisdom of, of uh, Maverick. Yeah, and you've got the, uh, the character Miles Teller, I believe, has a connection to one of Tom Cruise's uh, buddies from yeah. the past. Yeah, and Goose. Yeah. yeah, Goose's son. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, John Hamm has a role in this, which I'm not entirely sure what it is, but you know, John he's Hamm. Satan. He's, he's, he plays Satan. Oh, okay. So okay. he's Lucifer. Interesting. In yeah, he That's... sits on the shoulder. Hmm. <laughs> I don't, yeah, he's, he's some big wig. I mean, I think John Hamm could probably do a pretty good job playing Satan, though. He, I, could. I, I could. he could. But this is one of, those, one of those films that is going to be the larger the screen and, and the better the sound the better this movie. Yeah, yeah, and Lady Gaga is doing an original song for this. It's available now. Yeah, yeah, and I know Lady Gaga's fans, they love her and adore her, and that's definitely gonna bring in, that in itself is probably gonna bring in some box office revenue for this yeah. one. Yeah, and um, our, our buddy uh, Sean O'Connell got a chance to get an early, early screening for this, and did he give any initial reactions? I'm not sure, but I know he was out there on an aircraft carrier uh, interviewing Tom Cruise <laughs> and John Hammond, Kenny Loggins himself, <laughs> yes, so yeah. Yes. 
So, uh, so Top Gun Maverick, May 27th is the release date uh, for that. Uh, Jurassic World um, Dominion uh, is going to be coming out on June 10th. Uh, the original stars of Jurassic Park uh, are back along with, uh, with Bryce Dallas Howard uh, and also Chris Pratt. So you've got Goldblum, uh, Laura Dern, and, uh, and you've also got Sam Neill uh, all coming back. And this go-round, this is the second trilogy uh, for this film franchise. And this go-round, uh, there are pretty much as many dinosaurs as there are humans, and they're having to figure out how to coexist together. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. This is just one of those summer-type films that will draw me just for the spectacle of it. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned Chris Pratt is in that. He's in two summer blockbusters this year. He's also going to be in Thor, Love, and Thunder, which is basically going to be an Asgardians of the Galaxy film. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. You know, Natalie Portman is coming back as Lady Thor. Russell Crowe is going to be playing Zeus. Christian Bell is going to be playing a character called Gore the God Butcher. Uh, I think, you know, I can't imagine what sort of method acting Christian Bell had to do to become a god butcher, but you know, you know how he is. Uh, yes. He'll do anything it takes to get the yes, role. He he's played Dick Cheney, he's played Batman, and now Gore, the god butcher. There you go. That was the only logical next step. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, July 8th is the release date for that, and uh, Taika Waititi, Waititi, our buddy, uh, is back in the director's chair, yeah. and he also has a role in the film as well. He's going to be playing Korg, back as everybody's favorite um, rock guy. I don't know the, the official species name, but <laughs> he, he's a rock guy. Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, what, what Taika did for, um, for Ragnarok changed the game, and I remember when that movie came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing, and it's fun, and it's organic, and it was something completely uh, kind of off kilter, I think, from what we had expected, and it worked so so well. And and Taika's just got it; he's got it, most certainly. Yeah. So that's uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, July 8th for that. Uh, if you're looking, at, summer is the time for prequels and sequels, and we've talked about pretty much uh, that's all we've talked about so far. And I'll, I'll talk about one more: uh, Lightyear, which looks at the Toy Story saga, but it looks at the character of Buzz Lightyear when he was actually, it wasn't a toy, it was based on the real person. So this is a prequel. Confused? Well, check out the trailers. Chris Evans stars as, uh, as Buzz Lightyear in this kind of real-life take on uh, an astronaut. Uh, Chris Evans in this, Kiki Palmer, uh, James Brolin, and Taika Waititi is also uh, in this as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I love the Toy Story films. Uh, I know it's a different, a different take on it, but it's a character that we've kind of come to love over the years, and I'm interested to see what this toy was based on. So Lightyear, uh, that is coming out on June the 17th. Yeah, and Kiki Palmer is also going to be another film this summer in a live-action role. Uh, she's going to be in Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, so, I mean, it's Jordan Peele, so his ability <laughs> to blend horror and then psychological thriller and suspense elements, then humor and social commentary, you know, he's only made two films, Get Out and Us, but That's amazing he, he has his own distinct style that I don't think anybody can replicate. You know, there are gonna there have been even within the past few years trying to been there have been people who tried to replicate it, but they, they just can't yep. because he has his own his own fingerprints that nobody can even touch. And uh, so yeah, I mentioned Kiki Palmer, also Daniel Kaluuya is back. 
and uh, Stephen Yun, who was nominated for an Oscar yeah. for his role in Minari. Um, and it's a bit of an alien invasion type film. Um, and I'm just, I really don't even, based, beyond that and based on the trailers, I still don't really know a ton of details about the plot. And so exactly. that's, that's what I love going into it, just yeah. kind of sitting back and going to open myself to whatever he wants to show us. Yeah, I think that's pretty amazing that you talk about things being kept under wraps in today's world, um, in, in especially in today's entertainment world, and we don't know a ton about Nope, other than, like you said, the trailers, and it's some type of alien invasion, at least we think it's some kind of alien uh, in, invasion film, and we'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm excited about this as well. Uh, Peel is just uh, a solid filmmaker, and, and he's you know, continuing to prove what he's capable of. Uh, Meet Me in the Movie is about time to wrap up. I do want to give you a movie quote of, this, of the week. This does come from Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. This is Wong, and he says, Choose your words wisely. The fate of the multiverse may just depend on it. So until next time, for Thomas Manning, for Mr. Greg Tillman, uh, I am Noel T. Manning II on Meet Me in the Movies, and that is a wrap. Thank you.